Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility the around the nfl podcast the new vo guy is ready for the internet backlash <laughs> from the chris wessling podcast studio it's around the nfl i am dan hansis i have heroes ready for a new season of national football league action greg rosenthal mark sessler boys the VO guy, he's ready for the backlash. Maybe we're ready for the backlash because we're about to preview week one, our 10th season together, doing this thing. I like to think we're getting better. I, mean, I don't have proof of that, but I'd like to think that. We, uh, we arrive here. It does have a different feel that the game's actually here tonight, that the season started. The mm-hmm. kids are in the Rams gear going to school. Like Dan's got a fresh haircut, I believe. Oh, this is uh, in the 7 to 10 day post haircut. Oh, okay, window. you just look good. When well, you that's, shaved, yeah. that's the golden fresh spot. Dan right gets there. mad if we don't spot. notice yeah. when he shaves, he shaves. Just notice me. Say the same sure. thing to my wife. I, I got a haircut. I'm yesterday. here. There we go. You, got, you look See? sharp. Thank you. As Keith Hansis would say. Hopefully we hear from Keith Hansis on Sunday night, the flagship show, talking about a Jets victory with Joe Flacco. We'll get into that situation. By the way, I want to say a couple Hopefully things. Hopefully not for a while. I don't think that's going to be a high draft pick. We draft all the games based on what we're going to take draft. Sunday. You know? It feels good to football. This spanner I'm holding in my hand was sitting on every one of our desks this morning. And by the way, hang it proudly because I heard from a birdie that Goodell, the commish, is in the building. Oh, He could walk past Whoa. the glass at any oh. time. He could come behind uh, the production area at any time. I would assume we should invite him in the studio if he shows up, or you can make a stand about something you feel about the league right. uh, with him in our presence. But yes. Goodell is here somewhere. Rog. I have the uh, the banner just sort of haphazardly slabbed on my desk. I didn't realize that he was going to be That's, waltzing that was around. Mistake. That's well, exciting. What a day. Like, it does feel great. We had Steven Jackson next to us in the makeup room. Like, yes. If, if, if Raj walks by, I will. I'll, I'll motion him over. I still do have some questions about that Deshaun Watson investigation. <laughs> so I just want to just find Go out more source. facts. I think it's time to chop it up and figure out what's going on there. What else? A couple things. Because we're going to get to every game. We do it draft style, of course. 
uh, and we will have our locks of the week. We'll have some old friends checking in. Um, big announcement. Give me that announcement horn, Graver. We're going to London. You guys know that. We've announced that. We've been. This is our, I think, fourth trip maybe as a podcast. And we have a live show that is going to top any live show we've ever done. Thursday, September 29th, in London, at the O2 Forum, Kentish Town. Showtime, 7.30. Doors open at 7. And you could get ticker, tickets at Ticketmaster. Search around the NFL at Ticketmaster. Mm. You will have access to the Heroes Live. Put it out on our social. There's no going back now. I guess we're definitely going to London. I still... I, I, it's happening. It's I'm happening. excited. We're so excited for this. Mark has been... His bod, his workout routine has gone through the roof. <laughs> Because he's going to be shirtless during the show. That's another tease. I don't want to give away too much. but I'm learning that just yes. as, as of this minute. Absolutely. I, can I have one uh, little side note, though? Because this is the time now when you'll start to get the DMs from various people that are in London. Like, oh, can I circumvent the purchasing of the ticket? Can you just give me one? Give an answer. Because I, well, no, just don't do the, don't DM that to, to, to the three and, of us. And <laughs> if, if you do and you don't get a response, cycle back. To this moment of this episode, here's the answer. No. <laughs> Go it, get tickets. It goes beyond us. It's an administrative tick. But we're so excited to be back with our London fans. Greg, I remember um, when we were at the uh, carousel at LAX after the trip last year. Mark, unfortunately, you couldn't join us last year. But we got you this year shirtless, so we're on top of the world. And we were talking about it. We were being reflective about how proud we were of it and how we need to go to London every year, not just for the English fans, everyone else that lives in that area, people that come over from Ireland, Australia, Germany. That's part of our um, our thing here at Around the NFL. So we're so excited to do it again. Right. Sometimes we hear from other areas. It's like, how come you give them so much love? Or why don't you go there? Uh, get an NFL game there. Um, and then that would be a lot more likely. Well, the German we'll fans would be like, well, right. we're going to yeah. try. We're going to try. Maybe maybe in future years if it doesn't happen this year. You know, All right. It's possible. So that's going on. Let's now get one more announcement out of the way. Friday Fun Show debuts tomorrow. Friday. Makes sense. One p. It's a live stream. On where? Gravedigger. Is it on YouTube? YouTube. Wait, what? No, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, again. Yes, show. Just give him a break. YouTube.com slash NFL underscore podcasts, I believe. Okay, if you go to that link, it sounds like you're going to have to put it in your favorites tab. Rolls it's off not, the, uh, yeah, tongue. Not yeah. exactly a great URL. But we're going to live stream the show. <laughs> we can have a uh, – there will be a, a streaming comment section. You could be involved with the show. It's our last look before we dive into weekend action. Uh, and we're also going to recap tonight's game, Thursday Night Football, Rams, Bills, uh, so check out that. That's your location. No Thursday night show, at least to start the season. We're trying some new things out. Friday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. in London. Speaking of which, happy hour show. Mm. Right. And we will Join be boots us. on the ground at that game. So a lot of and local yes, flair. It's a podcast as well. So you can check it out live if you wish. But then it's also going to be a podcast. That's the last bit of big news. We're doing Real a lot. fans will do both. They'll watch the live stream and then download the podcast. To support yes. us. Love us. We're more active than ever. That is something that I've, I'm noticing. Yeah, we're where very do you stand needy. on that? We're needy. 
It's a TBD. It's like a raging yeah. TBD. Talk yeah. to me in like three weeks. These are our earning years, my friend. This is where <laughs> right. I there get that is, part. There is a curve, a creative curve. I don't care what it is, where you get better, better, better. Then you're at your top of your game, and then you slowly go downhill. I think we're still in our prime, so let's take advantage of the. Well, prime. I'm like eight right. years older than you, so I don't know what where I'm on. I know I will just echo what Wes and I used to say to all this I'm, business. I'm looking forward to being past our prime, but just like still earning off the embers of how we used to be. What were you going to say, Mark? Wes and I would just simply <laughs> respond to all this jazz with just bend me, shape me. Bend me, yeah. shape me. Is that still where you're at? In let's draft these games. I, Come I feel on. bent and shaped, and I I like what's happened. Ooh. Sexy. All right, let's get into it. The draft's coming, but before we do the draft, let's start with the primetime game, Sunday Night Football. Perfect place to start. And remember, we're doing locks, so whenever it's time to announce to the people that you have a lock of the week and the rules, if you're new to the show, it's got to be within seven-point spread uh, in the desert. Um, And that's all that is. All right, let's get to it. Sunday Night Football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys. And, Greg, the the Cowboys are a team that not a lot of people are are pumped about right now. Uh, But there's a reason why we're opening the Sunday Night Football uh, schedule uh, that, of course, now has Mike Tirico taking over for Al Michaels with Collinsworth and Melissa Stark on that team now. Because the Cowboys are always box office, it's going to be a great vibe at Jerry World. Uh, but Tampa Bay obviously feels like the better team entering the season. Yay or nay? Yay. Because w- Tampa Bay went and got their great quarterback weapons this offseason. Like, they didn't just sit there and assume it's going to be okay. Even though they had the number one you know, scoring offense in the league, the Cowboys were number two. We kind of saw that in week one last year when there were so many points. They went and got Brady Depth. Gage, Justin Gage, is going to be healthy enough to play in this game. Mike Evans, uh, Russell Gage, rather. I, why do I think about Justin Gage, a random titan from years ago? All the I think time that's sort of a I humble brag, Russell. what you just did there, but I, I, it's admirable. It, Wasn't that a Mortal Kombat character as well? So it sounds like it. Russell Gage, uh, so underrated, too, at the end of last season. I thought he carried that Falcons team, but... Godwin is going to play in this game, too. Chris Godwin looks like he might be healthy enough to play. They might hold him out uh, just to be safe, but he's practicing, and he's coming back earlier in the season. And then you compare what they did for Brady and you and what they did for Dak. I do think, though, Mark, like people have gone a little too far looking at what the Cowboys lost. This team still has... You know, future Hall of Famer Zach Martin, uh, future Hall of Fame candidate Demarcus Lawrence, defensive rookie of the year Micah Parsons, uh, defensive player of the year candidate last year Trayvon Diggs. CeeDee Lamb is a, a great number one receiver. This is not a talentless team. Like, they deserve Michael to Gallup's be in a, a spot. a great number two receiver. Right. right. It, it, we don't know if he's playing, but he might even play in this game, too. So it's like they have plenty of talent to stick with the, the Bucks, who have their own questions. No, they they do. I, I don't think anyone is. I think part of it is the—, the um, the hype around the Eagles in the last couple fortnights. I think it's two things. It's Eagles hype and Cowboys exhaustion after another like lame playoff exit. A hideous playoff exit. And and the Amari Cooper trade, which looked uh, insanely stupid and and a little desperate. I think for me, though, like the Bucs who a year ago, they brought everyone back and it was like, the Bucks are fascinating because they're a great team and they're a Super Bowl contender. But this time around, because of everything that's happened with Tom Brady, um, I find this game more intriguing than I would otherwise. I think you're going to get an agitated Tom Brady. And I do think that the one huge matchup here, because their line is compromised. You've got Robert Hainsey at center, 
Luke Gadecki at guard. And these are guys that have never made a start at the NFL level. So you're Micah Parsons, you're Demarcus Lawrence's, these guys who are, like you're saying, starry players. Um, can you make Brady uncomfortable? I tend to think that Tom Brady has been in the ears of these young linemen nonstop and making them so convinced and comfortable with what they're going to do. And is no one better I mean, at getting rid of the say, ball? Though, just like well, be, try harder? Tom Brady, I think, has a motivational uh, ability that maybe outshines like certain people we work for. I just think this is I want I want to see how that works because that to me is like when when Brady's line was problematic at the end of last year, their offense was impacted big time by it. Mark is super into this like wandering in the forest, Brady. Mm-hmm. That he is like the like ever since that press conference. That's a road we can walk down in, and, and intrigued dig through if we wanted to, but we don't have time today. I also like actually I, I, I've changed dig. my mind on that a little bit. I think the break that he took, first of all, was a billion miles in the rearview mirror. But I think it kind of maybe brought him back where he needs to be. Versus had he not done that and he's just dealing with you it. You know what he feels like right now? He's like, feels good to football. That's how, that's how he feels. <laughs> love you, Tom. I love Tom Brady. Love you, bro. That's what like, he took that break and he's like, man, it feels good to football. I got to get back to it. Does Eleven day breaks are are I mean, like it's, some, like, it's you know. not wrong. Sometimes we do the slogans on the show just to throw things by. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm you almost ninety percent sure this was one of them. I gotta say though, like it's where's uh, the IP? Where's the well, where's the money? Fair. It also looks like it was made on like a dot matrix printer or something. I don't know who, uh, who he's in the building. Oh, okay. Well, it's very nice. I like TV's dot on. matrix. He, capital H. Yeah, I oh. I think it's in like the top five percent. They always have like one of these new slogans every season. This to me feels like one of the better ones. Do you think Rogers ever listened to one of our episodes? No, I, uh, I would like imagine. One. I We've would say like this: I, if, if at one point it got thrown up the chain for the wrong reasons, he uh, probably listened to like probably. a twenty-minute snippet. I always, I do wonder if he's aware of our existence every once in a while. Now, I met him once at like a very nice when I worked in the NFL league office, and he was at some party. Uh, and I, I shook the man's hand, but I'm still not sure he's aware of our existence. All right, I, I think he would be. Um, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. I'm interested to see that. Of course, there's been hype that now Zeke is healthy after the PCL injury played through last year. Is that another thing that's been blown out of proportion a little bit? Because it's weird to me in the same division. Everyone's totally cool now with gassing up the idea of Saquon Barkley being back and healthy. But everyone is just assuming that Zeke Elliott is not, even if he is healthy now, is shot. I think he's fine. If he was like what he was before he got hurt last year, I thought he was playing well. Like in week one against the – he just got hurt after four right. weeks. Can he stay healthy? So to that point, and Pollard's a very good guy in that backfield as well. So if the running game's okay, the quarterback's great, they have a, a potential all-pro wide receiver, but we need to see that from C.D. Lamb. Gallup, when he's healthy, is a nice number two. Dal- Dalton Schultz. And I'm focusing on the offense because I think the defense is fine. It does come down to that offensive line – and if they could figure things out, this is where I start to think to myself, oh, watch out. Everyone's on the Eagles, but the Cowboys actually could be in good position. And if they won on Sunday night, I'm not picking them here. I'm picking the Bucks, but I would not be stunned because I think people are sleeping on the Cowboys as a competitive I don't, team. I don't love the this game for them on the ground. You got Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks right in the middle of that Bucks defense. I mean, we know what they did against the run. Last couple it of years. It might take time for this line to Akeem get Hicks some things to me is out. a guy, like, these teams are different. And you're right, the interior line for the Cowboys is a huge question. Like, I want to see Vea and Hicks and Tryon Choyanka, who who they like, but was pretty erratic and not that effective as a rookie. Like, are they going to be a great pass rush? Because they really weren't for most of last year. I'm, I'm more saying stopping the run, but yeah. I, I'm with you on the pass rush part. Tom Brady, whatever this means to you, maybe it means nothing. He's never lost to the Cowboys 6-0 and 
big time numbers. But the thing with Brady, you could almost do that with any team in the league right. and, and split it out. And it's probably with a handful of exceptions, maybe the Saints uh, recently. Um, yeah, the, he's going to have great troubles. This is, uh, you know, I know we're, we're um, not doing any rainmaker today on this show. We're but not. If, but if, if you wait, if you, when's the when is the when do the umbrellas come out? It doesn't out? come out every week. It's just when the the. You don't Spirit like people moves. expecting you to bring right. out the rainmaker. That said, we yeah. have a very special first ever Friday fun show, so you might uh, see him there. You said clouds rolling in. You're saying you might, you might see a little storm. Good uh, forecast in the area. I, I think with this game, if I had some a strong take, it wouldn't be a winner. It would be that that the number is not as high in this game mm. uh, because mm. I, I think both of these defenses are better than you think, especially in the secondary. They both have a lot of continuity and youth, and you sort of never talk about the Cowboys secondary or the Bucks secondary, but those guys have been around and played together for a while, and these two offenses barely got to practice together uh, and play in the preseason. So I, I think the defenses will be ahead in this game. You got the Bucks too, right, Mark? Confidently. All right, here we go. Confident enough to, you know. No, but okay. I think that's probably bad news for the Bucks that I feel that way. Let's move to Monday Night Football. Russ Bowl won. Russell Wilson. What? You don't think it's Russ Bowl one? It's the Gino Bowl. Oh, in your world. A monster. The, facing the man that, you know, he taught Russell Wilson everything the last two years as his backup. Rock this country. Let's ride. Russell Wilson is now leading the Denver Broncos, and they, he will be on the road in Seattle against his old team, the Seahawks. So let's see what happens here. Um, Mark. Seattle's another team we everyone except for Greg doesn't like this quarterback setup. Uh but at home in prime time Russell Wilson and Broncos have not played a lot together obviously. It does feel like a, a situation where maybe this thing stays closer than some people think. Well, I think it'd be natural for Denver. This even happened with Peyton Manning when they got Peyton Manning and it was Peyton Manning's an offense from top to bottom just takes a little bit of time. It happened with Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense last year. I, I do think there'll be some growing pains. And, and to me, it's uh, that would be natural. I, I love week one for the reasons that the stuff we've been talking about for so long, we finally get to see it now. And I, I think that this is going to be an electric game. And I, to your point, Greg, with the Geno Smith thing, the one, if, if they pull it off, if, they, if the Seattle Seahawks ever won this game, no one will ever, for the rest of time, forget that it was Geno Smith that beat Russell Wilson in one of the bigger matchups, revenge showdowns that they could have possibly put together. I don't think right. it's going to happen. It might happen. be like Drew Bledsoe beating the Patriots 31 nothing. It's like a footnote to them ultimately being losers. Right. Yeah. The Bills week one. But we still after... remember that, though. And it's, yeah. I, I think part of that happened, too. You don't want to come out of this game if you're Denver saying, wait a minute, Russell Wilson is in this great position with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, with their backfield. And I know their line isn't perfect, but they've got all these weapons, and everyone's sort of just, I think, wish-casting that they're going to be effective right away. I, I'm not sure that's the case. Nathaniel Hackett's never done this either. There's a lot of new new parts that need to work together in unison. That might take time. I think it's a total mystery what they look like schematically, not just because Russell Wilson has the way he runs it, but also because Nathaniel Hackett's been very diverse throughout his career. People just kind of project the Packers offense onto Hackett, but that Packers offense was there before he got there. And when he was in Jacksonville or Buffalo, he, his offenses have been different. And I love that about him, that he is – 
flexible enough to adapt to the players around him. And he's gone spread. He's gone very West Coast. He's mostly West Coast because his dad is freaking Paul Hackett, who is one of the godfathers who was under Bill Walsh. Got to do what daddy says. Right. But I don't think that's what Russell Wilson does best. I'm just curious. I also don't know what Ajiro Evero, their defensive coordinator, is really going to look like. And so that's a mystery. I'm looking um, for one matchup in this game. And though that's the the Broncos pass rush, which they put so much investment into, Randy Gregory uh, included. Um, we'll see if Bradley Chubb gets better this season against these two rookie tackles for Seattle. Seattle is going to lead the NFL, I believe, in rookie snaps this year. They're playing so many rookies, including right tackle and left tackle, uh, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. And that could be a problem. If you have Geno Smith um, without protection on the sides, he holds the ball a little bit. It's That's Wait, a little so you're that's telling a problem. Me the Seattle Seahawks purposely are going into a season with Geno Smith and or Drew Locke as their starting quarterbacks. What well, is Geno Smith? Yes. Well, I'm talking projecting. Clear the winner. And oh, two rookie now. tackles on each side of them. I mean, how is this a recipe for well, anything else? Well, one's a first round pick. Charles failure. Cross, I think, is going to be a success. But, one's a third round But you're round right. Pick. It's... But Seattle, I mean, if we're if we're projecting, it's going to take time for Russell Wilson and the Broncos' offense to figure things out. I mean, I'm, Charles Cross could be a stud, but you know, it's also a chance for major growing pains. Gino's got to get rid of the ball a little quicker. You know, I was trying to come up uh, with a a comp for him, and I asked my uh, fellow Gino Nation co-president Stephen Ruiz, and he came up with the the best one I could think of. He's like he's he's a lot like Eli. Who I, Gino? I mean, I would say he's like. Eli, you know. You're such a troll. I don't even know what to what do, do with mean? it anymore. No, no. Like in the way Eli that. Eli Manning, the that's you know, the way, two-time Super Bowl MVP. I'm not saying he's at that level in terms of his base level. But let's say like a, a, a mid-level to lower level Eli Manning season. He's like in that area. forty. The way that he plays football, that he processes really well, that he will take surprising shots. He doesn't have the biggest arm ever, but he goes for difficult, low percentage throws, but he also holds on to the ball a lot. He'll take a sack instead of taking a turnover. And I think that he can see things ahead of time and help make up for a bad pass pro. Well, I think like he, an Eli Manning. I think it, it, Drew Locke, uh, you know, got Corona and played himself out of the, the race entirely. But Gino, I think what Pete Carroll likes is he's not a turnover machine. Right. He's going he's gonna like to run Eli. a conservative offense. They want to run the ball a ton. You've got Patrick Sertan, dealing with DK Metcalf. So I don't know how many big plays Gino's going to be responsible for in this, but I do know that if we're going to talk about Gino Smith nine minutes, no, no, no. every I, you know, Thursday I did, I and Sunday, I'm gonna, I, I need someone to take me out with a, with a lead arrow. <laughs> what about uh, like Pete Carroll? And how about, does that, he one know in, how to... how about that one in six primetime record for Gino? When the lights go on, Gino goes off into a corner and hides. Two of those. Yeah. We're with the Seahawks last year. We're, he played okay. He didn't, you know, he played great though at uh, 1 p.m. against the Jaguars. You know, you're curious, overrating though. my this, interest in 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 the whole thing too. I agree, Mark. This that is, is me from another time, by the way. If you're confused. Before we move though, don't you think this is Pete Carroll's Super Bowl? Like he's not. He's got. He's not gonna. Th- he's gonna run yes, the ball at the one yard that, line here. That's the first thing he I've agreed with you on about stop, the Seahawks this yeah. year. He wants to stop Russell Wilson. And in theory, he more than anyone should know the recipe to stop him. So I'm curious to see what he does. And Pete Carroll a had match. a chance this week to dim expectations, and he and he went in the other direction and said. I don't like all these people saying we can't win. We're going to win. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, all right, Pete. Well, I want to say if they, if they ever pull it off, if they won nine or ten games with this team, it, I think it would become Seahawks fans, one of the Seahawks fans' better season, more favorite seasons, because right now it's dark. 
like Dan's rolling you his lost eyes. Russell I can't Wilson. We're still talking about the Seahawks. All right, right well, now you're right. It's a it's more of a. Broncos Aren't the Broncos game. more of an interesting team here? Yes. All right. Well, we'll find out on. Listen, we'll find out on. They can't be when we do the Tuesday show. You can't be or the Monday you, night recap. You can't. I don't want to see Rosenthal. this crowd um, treating Russell Wilson <laughs> terribly. That really Thank would you. be a bad look. Thank you. Have some class. The guy balled out for years for you. Brought a Super Bowl trophy to you. Almost got you another win. I know. Still doing charity in your yeah. city. Doing charity in your city. Hey, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Well, they haven't done it yet, so. He never takes any grief for that, you know, interception. It's like Pete Carroll in Bevel took all the grief as if like a robot. You don't think Russell play. Wilson took I think he's taken some. <laughs> you know, this is like the perfect storm because you – hate Russell Wilson and love Geno Smith and now they're playing each other and could not stand Pete Carroll about two months ago so I don't know what's let's take a break and then we'll get to the draft hey guys LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra workhorse by nature powerhouse by design the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures and with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go play places now is the time to accelerate innovation t-mobile for business is powering formula one las vegas grand prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure reliable 5g connectivity because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace see what our 5g advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now View 5G device, coverage, and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We're through the primetime games. We got a six-hour show here, and we're really excited. This is officially the first time of the season where you're like, okay, we got to pick up the pace. Um, but you're right, we do. <laughs> uh, let's get to it now. The draft. It's a snake draft, and uh, we will all pick four games each. And those, these will be the games that we will watch and be responsible for come Sunday. 
and then talk about on the flagship show Sunday night. And part of this process, again, is um, locking games. And to come up with an order, you have to you have to start somewhere. So, yes, the defending champion always picks first. And um, I just – did you guys remember that? Did you guys know? Well, so does it go from so – Did you guys know? That you won the lock. I did ask before the show. Oh, well. No, it was um, it was a really important. I'm holding the lock trophy in my hands, taunting you with it. It was an important mine. moment because you've hosted this show for so long and never won this by yourself, and it was it, it was actually becoming awkward. So it's, it was I good have, for everyone. I have good tied once and won once, which I think is the all-time leader. I'm tied with maybe you at this point. So I know it eats you up, Greg, especially since you came in last. Hold on. I've won it three times and a couple times by myself. We've done this like 10 years. I have won it once and tied once, too. Okay. So, but that was a sling that I I will take from Greg and bounce off my shield and send it back at him. (laughs) I am the champion. You are. Greg, you finished in last last year. That's true. You need to come back. In fact, I, you know, I think you just should show me a little more respect because that was a tough battle to win last year. Go ahead. I mean, I'll, that, I'll, it came I'll right down to the Super Bowl. Here. I like sure to just did. trash talk. That's part of the fun. I'm with you. But you're first. Make your pick. I do. I do think that Greg should show I, I you more respect. I was two-time defending though. champ. Yeah. I don't. I didn't feel a lot of respect coming from that before yeah, last year. Yeah, you were you were going on about how you wanted to end the competition if you won again. Oh, that's right. If yeah. I had so won again, three in a row, uh, the heroism <laughs> of the old Zeuser saying, "Pipe down, Rosenthal." Not only, not only is the lock trophy not going anywhere. I will humble you. So come get me. Okay. Let's start. There's so much self-spinning PR going on in the show. Speaking of humbling, I would like to humbly request to join the lock competition for the 2022 season. Uh, You know, absolutely. I love it. Mm. Mark, I think you're probably comfortable with it. I don't don't see the upside. Um, It's like be, we're trying I'd to keep these shows that. tight. You Erica know, did it. And Erica was involved. It. Poorly. Upside well, is she you, started late. Oh, that's but, right. I didn't come in last, technically. You could make but, fun of me yeah. if I'm terrible. There's an upside for you. Make a bit out of it. I, I could see you maybe winning, too, which would be embarrassing. Right. I mean, like not either embarrassing, you win your first be... um, time ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, right. That's embarrassing for all of us. You're in the middle. That's a wet fart. Who cares? Yeah. Or you're last, and it's like, oh, no one can take your analysis seriously. Yeah, so. I see your point, Greg. Hmm. <laughs> All right, why don't you share a lock, and then we're we're gonna deliberate at the end of I'm the show. We'll decide. It. Now it's yeah. just a bit. Uh, yeah, right. I'm <laughs> but it was it was the mansplaining, and you know what you did with Erica last year. That won't be forgotten. That was yeah. that was the opposite of honor. That was Greg. untoward. Let's get to it. <laughs> I am curious where you're going with this first pick. It's Usually an easy I'm one. Stupid. It's an easy one. I can't wait. I'm taking the last game, one of the late games. I'm taking Raiders at Chargers. Okay. Let it begin. I love uh, all the intrigue, obviously, around the AFC West this year. This is the CBS Kevin Harlan Trent Green joint, mm-hmm. and I am uh, so excited to see. The man this, says it's an easy pick, and he takes Trent Green first overall. That, that, see, the game is going to outweigh the the crew here. Justin Herbert, Mark, and I both have him as our MVP pick. Uh, there, this is such an exciting roster on both sides of the ball. Khalil Mack now on that defense. 
you know, you could see Joey Bosa maybe having a defensive player of the year type year. They're going to score a ton of points. It'd be fun to watch. And then the Raiders, who are a bit of a mystery to me, um, even though I think they'll be improved. You want to see if all this hype after Devontae Adams enters the building uh, checks out because I feel very confident the Chargers are going to put up 28 to 35 points in this game. Hmm. Does Derek Carr have, with a, a true number one Hall of Fame level wide receiver now at his side, the ability to match a superstar like Herbert in a shootout? I think he does, uh, especially this week where it looks like J.C. Jackson will probably uh, miss the game. It, you know, look, he did it last year, Derek Carr. It, it, he had a chance to go away in that game. True. And it was not his best game back in week 18, but ultimately he did make that out. I think it was to Zay Jones, uh, which was a beautiful throw, which ended up putting them into the playoffs, you know, continuing that drive. I am curious offensively, like how much can McDaniels and then Patrick Graham defensively make up for thin spots? Because I think you look at these two rosters and they both look pretty loaded, except the Raiders offensive line looks like a huge problem. And now you're going up against Khalil Mack and you're going up against Joey Bosa. And to me, the secondary looks like, uh, pretty weak on paper, and yet Patrick Graham has done a good job coaching up. They felt good enough about their depth that they actually traded away Trayvon Mullen. And so I, I believe in McDaniels, and I think coaching can really improve your offensive line. And so the names don't look good, but that's something I'm watching. Can they just be respectable? That would be a big improvement over what you saw up front under John Gruden. Well, you've added Devontae Adams. I mean, that is, if that works, and I mean, in this case, Carr and Devontae Adams are like, we get it, you're best friends, like you hear about all the time. I mean, that's a nice thing to be to have a best friend. So I, I I think the chemistry will be there, but I trust Khalil Mack in this situation because <laughs> totally. he's been in this Brandon Staley scheme before, and they got him for a reason. They added all these defensive parts for a reason. If you don't get Jackson this this week, that's one thing. But this Chargers defense was a massive liability down the stretch last year. Do you remember they gave up 41 points to the Texans? In, mm. in this game against the Raiders last year that, that prevented them from going to the playoffs, the defense... Over and over, big plays, allowing the Raiders to do what they wanted up and down the field. If you suddenly give Justin Herbert a 70% more competent defense, uh, this team can win 12, 13 games. And I, I don't know about you guys, but it's like I feel like they are suddenly now, and this happens to the Chargers all the time, but it happened a lot of times pre-Justin Herbert when I never trusted it, are being seen as the class of this division, even above the Chiefs, because there are questions about the Chiefs. I don't know how that will shake out, but I don't think if you're the Chargers, you can walk out of this with a loss. This is a, this is what uh, undoing some of the ills. What of, does that uh, mean exactly? Mark? I think they abs- there is more pressure on Brandon Staley, who I have as my coach of the year, than most coaches in the AFC, most any coach in the AFC, because there is not a, really a weakness on this team that I see. All right, so also to your point, okay, you can lose at home to the any team in week one and be okay. However, if the Chargers want us, the football cognizante, and maybe even themselves in that locker room to look in the mirror and be like, we are the best team in this division, you have Raiders week one and then at Arrowhead week two. It's like you don't come out of there with at least a split – it's going to be the same old Chargers going to Charger vibe to it. You don't want to go to Arrowhead 0-1 no, on 100%. a short week. No, you're right. Thursday night football. So it's like, yes, this is a very important game. Uh, go take care of business, Chargers, because I think they're the better team. But, of course, there's some projection involved because we thought they were a really good team last year and they kept shooting themselves in the foot. They're not favored by much, and I, I think that makes sense because I think the Raiders are are extremely talented. There's still a question at, like, right tackle for the Chargers, but you're right. Other, other than that, you kind of line it up. It's not just hype, Mark. I mean, it's 
Like, they don't they, know, there's they no should clear be. Weakness. To me, the Bills and the Chargers have the best rosters, and I put the Chiefs right there. To me, those are the three teams in the AFC that should be the favorites. All right. Great game. That's the first pick. Up next in the draft, Greg Rosenthal. Okay, so sometimes you got to think about who's coming up in the draft. you got to make a strategy, and you got to think about what you want to watch. That's mm-hmm. what I do. Okay. Not Great. just broadcasters, but what teams. Take me through What teams it, you're, you're highest on. I love what it. What teams have tugged at your heartstrings when the, the big spot on hard knocks throughout spot. the last month. The teams, mm. teams oh. that you are invested in. And that's why I'm taking Eagles-Lions right off the top. I want to watch this. I love I it. I don't know it's what's going to happen. It's a good pick. This was a blowout when I watched it a year ago. I remember being somewhat excited for that game. It was when Gnarly the Eagles blowout. were up and down, and it was kind of when they started looking like the Eagles, and they just ran all over them. And to me... It gets at something that Dan Campbell talked about so much in Hard Knocks, you know, grit. And you, and you look at how they started the Dan Campbell era. What did they do in the draft? What did they do in free agency? They took two big run stoppers up front, Aleem McNeil and Onwuzurike, Levi Onwuzurike, who I don't even think is going to play in this game. They signed Michael Brockers. They wanted to be a big, tough, manly football team that stops the run. You know who was the worst team in the NFL last year or, or in the bottom two in DVOA? It was the Lions, and that's Uh-oh. why this matchup was so bad for him. Like, they were the opposite of what you would think a Dan Campbell team should be. They ultimately were a finesse team that got pushed around a little bit and could hang around by throwing short passes. But whenever they played a team with a little bit of toughness who could steamroll them defensively, it was lights out. And to me, the Eagles are as tough as it gets up front. So it's a great week one test. I don't know if the Lions have improved enough on their defensive line in terms of their toughness to hold up against Philadelphia. If they do, that'll show me they're really a different Lions team. I I kind of wipe away that that game from a year ago. That said, I think the Eagles have improved as much as any team in the league. And if you're going to try to have to try to get into a, some sort of a shootout with them, I don't love that for Jared Goff. Because I think what we love about this Lions team for Goff is that it starts with their offensive line. They are, I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a great year. You can control, you want low scoring games where you can control the ball. But if you're going to have to try to throw against the Eagles secondary, you're talking about James Bradbury. Darius Slay, they've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson now. I mean, they're stacked all over the place, too. And they can rush the passer, and I think they're Mark being viewed a certain way. I did want this game, but yeah, I, I also watch. I put all every screen up on my computer because well, I have this gigantic weird. monitor, so I can mo- that, monitor them all. That's really maxing out your brain capacity. But his process. Everybody's got a process. Everybody's got a process. I mean, I'll do what I want to do. It's If you got <laughs> eight games this, on, you got no games on. It's like the old Parcells thing. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Speak have you really ever been to a sports bar? Many then again, times. Are you, are you like, are you there like is, a flustered and freaking oh, out in I a always, sports bar? I, I watch two games at a time, maybe a third yeah. in a special circumstance. I'm not saying that I'm equally tracking but, every one of them. It's but just you, that they also have equal To size. my point, though, yeah, if you're not tracking anything closely because yeah. you have so many games What's going the point? on. And I'm not here to attack your process, Mark. It feels that way. I'm more like almost I admire it because I can never do anything like that. I could not be even a little bit productive mm. and have any insight on Same. any game whatsoever. But obviously you can. What is your critique, Greg? <laughs> no, I'm similar. Okay. I w- do. Is there a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts suddenly? <laughs> yes. There's and, a ton of them. You think- know, some of this pressure stuff, and I've been talking it up with the Niners too, and we'll get to that later, is like, Trey Lance, how's he going to react? Like, if these guys are actually good, it's not a problem. If these guys are true pros and they're 
franchise type quarterbacks, he will take this pressure and he'll he'll with a better supporting cast take that next step that a lot of people see. And that's why that's why I got to tell you guys, as the defending locks champion, I'm starting with the Eagles. I'm going to lock what? it up. Oh, uh, the, I'm I so like, so- shocked by this. Because I, I really – well, I picked them to win the division. I'm, I really like the Lions. I have a personal affection for that team. But they ain't ready, I, I don't think, to face an upper echelon team, which I think the Eagles can be potentially here. And one thing that I thought was a little bit interesting, and you don't read too much into it because, you know, hard knocks, we learned that Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez, the um, six-round pick linebacker who's going to have a big role with this team, has the second highest selling jersey. Uh, on the team behind Aiden Hutchinson. And I was just thinking to myself, like, that's cool, but it's also like they don't have a lot of stars. They don't have, like, a, the, the fan base. They still they need more good players, and this is a process. And I think uh, it's going to take time, and week one is not that time. Well, that's surprised because you've kind of negged the Eagles for the last uh, Yeah, well, it's, I think the Eagles are good, not maybe Super Bowl good like you think. I just think the Lions are going to take time they could be slow. I think the, the Eagles will win. I have them by six. I'm doing game picks on NFL.com this year, NFL.com slash game picks. And I do Very have them winning nice. by six. But I think this could be like 33-27. This, you might be sweating it out towards the end. You stole my fire a little bit there, Dan. Um, but we, said, we sent in our locks to our producers yesterday. I did. And I am also I'm locking the Eagles. I love where I love your reasoning. Um, I also came up with a similar reasoning on my own a day ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you mentioned the uh, producer yesterday, but well, okay, because yes. I don't, I, I'm not just like riding the coattails sure. ever, of the ever champ. with locks of the champ. Yeah. Well, I first of all, yeah, I don't know why Greg is picking second when I came in second. <sighs> yeah, that was an oversight by Zeus or Tugboat should have done that. An, o- an oversight or yeah. a Machiavellian and I knew, lever pull. And that I you knew planned. if I was not going to get that game coming back around, I need if I wanted it, I yeah. needed to take it. But I like the snake is a nice spot to be though, also, and we're going to find that out right now. Because Mark Sessler, you were up with a third overall pick, and yeah, it annoys me. No, I like guys annoy me because you took like my team, so it's like I can't root against you. You know, nothing makes me happier than to hear that. (laughs) We've done our job. (laughs) Greg is often an impenetrable force. You want to annoy him, but it just like bounces right off. So when you do acknowledge it, it's like yes, very annoyed. It's a human victory. (laughs) Uh, There's one player that I'm more excited to see than any other player in the league. And there really isn't even a close second place. And he plays in California, but he will not be playing in California <laughs> this weekend. He will be playing nice setup, in bro. Chicago for the San Francisco 49ers. Stop saying cities. It is Trey Lance. <laughs> I'm taking Niners at Bears. Okay. I think this is a great huh. situation for Trey Lance out of Can the you game. Can you just one second? Yeah. Greg, a little bit of a reach. Bears at three overall. Well, yeah, no one was taking that. Yeah, but but I do what I want to do. But also, yeah. uh, okay, back to you. When it Sorry. came back to me, I don't think I, I think someone else would grab Trey Lance. That was my thinking. I'm not saying the Bears are the draw. I personally wouldn't have. Me either. But yeah, I like to see competitive. So now we games. know for a fact that it was a reach. No, but I pick what I want. Right, right, right. But you would have got him. <laughs> right, you're like later. You're like I, I'm not convinced. You're of that. like Mayock and Gruden out there. It's like, hey, we believe in Cleveland Farrell, so we're gonna take him fourth overall. We don't care about value. Alex I don't, see, I don't see that parallel. We see it. I don't see that parallel on any level. <laughs> not on any level. You can run on the Bears. You can. I I know they're rebuilding. That's obvious. But you don't have Khalil Mack. Larry Ogunjobi, who they tried to sign, that never worked out. Eddie Goldman is gone. Akeem Hitz is, is gone. I think the Niners are going to try to create an environment for Trey Lance where it's not putting a ton on him. I don't love the Bears' secondary either. 
and I certainly don't love their offensive line. I think if you look at this Niners defense, they are – Justin Fields did – some really good things in the preseason. I think there's hope there. There's no question. But he is um, weapons depleted beyond Darnell Mooney. I, I don't think their offensive line is anything but maybe the first or second worst in the league and is going to have him running for his life and creating problems from wire to wire. And you're coming up against what might be the best defense in the league in the Niners. Well, it, it does check a lot of Sessler boxes. Blowout potential. Two mm-hmm. running teams could be a quick game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's basically Sessler. I, I see what, what's happening here. And I got to say, even though it's not a Sunday game I'd be excited about, it will be one of the first ones I turn on in Game Pass because of Lance and because right. of Fields. Right. Uh, so just in, I think there are individual stories to get excited about, but this is the worst possible week one matchup, I think, for Chicago because I, I believe that the 49ers, if I had to choose one team going into the year uh, in terms of the best defense, for me, it'd be the 49ers. Yeah. Um, Bosa, they really uh, think Javon Hargrave, uh, not Javon Hargrave, rather, uh, who am I thinking? Javon Kinlaw in the middle is actually going to be a difference maker this year. He lost a lot of weight, had a great camp. Ebukam, like they just bring guys from other teams that suddenly end up playing well for them. Arik Armstead is always so underrated. Then you have the best linebacker core in the league. It's just a lot for that Bears offensive line to deal with. I actually think the 49ers are extremely vulnerable up front more than any time in the 49ers era under Shanahan. They have four new starters. It, it's like journeymen, late round picks. They've barely ever played, but I don't think the Bears are the team to really take advantage of. No. Mm, that's a good call. That is a good call. Could be low scoring. Like, it got, could be 20 yeah. to 6 and, and, and kind in your of boring. power rankings. You have the Niners third, I think it was. I have them third, and that was higher than you would see probably anywhere else. I, I think their defense has been slept on a little bit. They were a top 10 defense, according to DVOA last year, and they did not have a lot of turnovers. And if you if you put factor in some regression there, uh, I think they're going to do well. And I think it's, again, a little bit of a projection, but I believe in Kyle Shanahan. I believe in the weapons. Uh, with Debo and Ayuk there especially, uh, and the backfield, which looks good, that Trey Lance could be a stud. And then what? Then they're the best team in the league, potentially. Now, these things have to come into play where you need to get the protection. He needs to have his head on straight. And if Jimmy G has to enter the picture a little later in the season, so be it. But I think it's all there for them. Like, they were in the Final Four last year. They were one bad fourth quarter away from being in the Super Bowl and potentially winning that damn thing. So this team is right there, and now they have an X factor. It's like the old Westism, where it's like, with fantasy at least, take the swing on the guy that has a huge upside. That's Lance, and we're about to see it. It's exciting. All right. Snake. My second choice. Yes, sir. Chiefs at Cardinals. All right. In the 4.25 p.m. East Coast slot. Okay. Just to let you know if you were wondering when the game started. Uh, um, that was my pick, I got to admit. I didn't think you Well, go there. first of all, I could have just led with there this and, and avoided all the yes. critique. Yes. But I simply uh, believe in that other game as a fascinating entity to me. Sure, this sure. one has, I mean, the Cardinals, the journey the Cardinals have been on. And and Kyler Murray, I, there aren't many more. There aren't many other teams. I just want to see what they do, especially this matchup out of the gate. And the Chiefs on the flip side, it's like, okay, you don't have Tyreek Hill, and we've been saying for the last, there's no, there's no one I trust more than Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to figure it out. Well, that's probably true, but still, they're going to have to be doing it for the first time here. And Is so, that, was that your impression of me? I feel like I've said no. That. I literally yeah. wrote that in a okay. piece this week. I just, I because I, it is there is a lot of evidence that suggests that Andy Reid is about as creative and flexible and willing to shift off what was as the, any coach the around. The QB index you're referring to. Yes. 
Great job with it. Oh, thanks, man. Everyone appreciate should, that. Everyone should check that out. Brought a real Sessler flair. So, and to you it. did do the it. the pre week one, yeah, QB did. index, right? And you did an excellent job. Well, thank you. I might just get up and leave now because that's that's all I needed to How hear. How did you feel? How did it feel? I loved writing. Feel like it. something I that it. you could do on a oh, I weekly loved it. basis. Yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, mentioned both of these teams in it, obviously. I think for me, if if you're the Cardinals, one thing if you're the Chiefs with these new pieces and the way they do it, Cardinals secondary to me is a concern. Marco Wilson is not a great cornerback at this point. Uh, they went out and traded for Trayvon Mullen. They've got Byron Murphy Jr. I do like Buda Baker, but their cornerback specifically, like I think Patrick Mahomes can take advantage of that and put Kyler Murray in a situation where he's got to turn around and score points without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I um, I gotta admit I'm I'm smarting. I I had a bad draft. I'm the, I'm the, I'm giving still myself early. A, a big L. This is the game I ultimately wanted the most, but I got cute, and um, I tried to you know take the Eagles. I thought I would get both in the end because I wanted Ooh. Romo. I'm fascinated. I don't think it's necessarily gonna be close. So again, you, you might have an, a blowout. Like I I think you look at these two teams and okay, obviously you have a significant advantage at quarterback uh, over the balance of a season if you're the Chiefs. You have a significant advantage as a play caller in Andy Reid. And oh, by the way, what if I told you you have a massive advantage on both lines? Like, wouldn't you like the team that has the massive advantage on both lines? I hate the Cardinals' pass rush on paper. It looks terrible, and I love the Chiefs up front. I like what I've heard in terms of the Chiefs' pass rush, what they added to it with Dunlop, with Frank Clark getting healthy, with Karloftis. They're great, obviously, in the middle. I love how that matches up against a very shaky Cardinals offensive line. I think they could take them to the woodshed, and that's why I'm locking up the Chiefs in week one. Oh, spicy. Spicy, smart. I like it. Really want to see how this offense looks. Is it going to feel different um, with no Tyree kill? Um, and I want to see what they've been cooking up. I want to see what Andy Reid's been up to. That's, a, that's why I hate the preseason, you know? That's why the summer gets annoying after a while. <laughs> now we get to see it. What do they got up their sleeves? This new era. They sometimes of come offense. out. I don't. That didn't happen last year, but I do feel like they sometimes come out with a bunch of plays. John Gruden used to talk about this on Monday Night Football that everyone watches Andy Reid's first three games so that they can steal his plays for the rest of the season because he's always coming up with like new variations on variations on variations, and everyone's like, "Got to give that man credit. Let's start taking those plays." Like, and you don't Is know it? what's coming. I'm thinking of that forty burger they dropped on the Patriots in Week One in a kickoff mm. game, like. It happens. Isn't it funny? Like with Belichick, you could just picture it. You could just pick him spending in the entire offseason and living in the facility during the year, always trying to scheme and come up with new plays. And it's the only thing you could think about. And everything in his life takes a back seat. But with Andy Reid, and we've met him, and he's a really nice guy, and he's genial, and he's very almost grandfatherly. I don't like picture him in the same way as this assassin, like drawing up new plays and dictating the future of the NFL offense. But he, yet, is that's what he is yeah, he that's is what that he guy. Yeah, he is that guy. He is that guy. I think that's smart to have a, a personality that kind of cajoles like, you into thinking like nice something else. Yeah. Like a, a it shows you can do it. Also be it's a, a little Hawaiian shirt, you know. Yeah. I see where yeah. you're going. It's almost it's a little a shot. Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, I'm going to talk about barbecue shorts. all the time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he's in his study changing the game year after year. Got to love it. <laughs> Got to love it. <laughs> love that Andy Reid. All right, let's take a break and continue the draft. All right, we're back. Greggy, you've already spoken on this. You're filled. With, we have done four picks, and you are filled with self-doubt, but you could dig yourself 
out of the hole right here with a some big good, pick. Uh, some good night games left for you? There's plenty of games <laughs> left, <laughs> although ultimately <laughs> I feel like the ones I want are going to be around for a while anyway. So just be, for the integrity of the ga- draft, you know, I'm a team player. I'm going to take the Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson 425 game. This is a rare week where Tony Romo and the top Fox team will be working at the same time. They allow that uh, in week one. They don't allow that most weeks. That is Packers. Yep. That is Vikings. It's a no-brainer. It's a good and, pick. And uh, it's the best game left on the board. And even though it wasn't you know, that high on my board, you got to take value in this situation. That's a value add. I have a feeling this Vikings team is going to be more exciting offensively than they have been the last few years. Um, not just because of adding Kevin O'Connell, who we don't know about, just because I trust some of the reporters that have been there year after year. Arif Hassan, who we've had on the show a number of times, mm-hmm. just saying, look, Adam Thielen looks like he did four years ago. Uh, the offense was cooking. Like, it, everywhere you hear, oh, the defense is ahead of the offense. Not in Minnesota during camp. Like, Cousins grew up in this offense. Like, this is the type of situation he was in in Washington way back in the day. And then you just look at the talent. K.J. Osborne is a great number three. Like, they, they're they excited. I know Irv Smith's hurt, but you have an incredible running game. You have a, an incredibly deep receiver crew. And you're going up against maybe the best secondary in the league. So I think when it's Vikings offense versus Packers defense, that is some best on best uh, action that I'm excited to see. I don't know how it'll go, but I think the Vikings have a real chance to win this game. I did take them in my game picks. I think they're the slight favorite here in week one. They're one of the three teams that beat Green Bay a year ago. They obviously know the Packers really well. I think it's it's if you're a Vikings fan and the offense doesn't explode this week, uh, be patient because you're playing, I think, what will be one of the better defenses in the NFC or league-wide. They've spent 11 of their last 12 first-round picks on defensive players. Uh, they did not have Jair Alexander for 13 games a year ago. They have him back. They've got a great secondary. I think they can do a lot up front. And so, if you're the Vikings, it's a great first test for Kevin O'Connell. I mean, I think you went out and got Kevin O'Connell for the same reason everyone hired Sean, uh, Sean McVay's branches off his tree. And you're hoping that he is a big reason why they have that effect. I think it's going to be a different um, operation for Justin Jefferson, who I picked as my offensive player of the year. They're going to move him around more. And in general, they were sort of set to go pieces-wise already. I think their interior offensive line is a bit of a concern. But in general, the Vikings, to me, where I really was down on the Minnesota under under Zimmerman for Zimmer for so long because I just thought he'd always gave the offensive side of the ball um, the wrong cues. Like when he went, he wanted to go run heavy. He's firing of offensive coordinators left and right, hiring his friends, and never really got into the Kirk Cousins thing. I think Kirk Cousins... very Rex Ryan, where he almost yeah. seemed to root against his own... He really did. Know, there seemed to be so offense. much infighting. And when, they, when he left, and I think he's a good coach, it just seemed like a big sigh of relief that they needed a new energy. So I think Kevin O'Connell, if he can do it, is a major X factor for a team that was sort of stuck in the mud. And Kirk Cousins, at quarterback, is one of the biggest beneficiaries of that. I saw Irvin. Michael Irvin has Kirk Cousins as the MVP, and uh, you know that's buzzy and that's good. People have done that before and social, but he will do what he does, and that's going to be put up those similar numbers and have. They will have periods, and maybe it will be to start the season, or maybe it will be a few weeks in, where they will be unstoppable for a stretch. And then there will be a three- or four-week, and I don't care who's calling the plays. It's going to happen because the guy at the front, Cousins, is the guy that's kind of a big part of this. I know the play calling, you could say, plays a role as well, but I think it's Cousins himself who ebbs and flows. Uh, and he'll you'll tear your hair out, and then at the end of the season, you'll be like, I can't stand this guy, and he'll have 4,200 yards and 37 touchdowns. It's like, oh, 
geez, why this is why every other front office doesn't know what to do with this guy, so they keep on cutting him checks. I'm really curious to see if they do come out with the locked-in version of the Vikings, and I said that I love that Adam Thielen's healthy now, and I think he is an underrated, like, top Robin to a Batman in the league uh, with a healthy Dalvin Cook, that they're going to score points. Are the Packers where they are right now in search mode? Christian Watson barely was involved with the summer. Uh, figuring out life after Devontae. Can they hang if the good Vikings offense shows up? I don't like this spot. I'm picking the Vikings in week one. Mm. How about that? And Alan Lazard, who Aaron Rodgers has talked up as the number one receiver all offseason, looks like he's out in this game. A little surprising. He had an See in, you next week. An See injury. you maybe next week or the it, week after. I mean, it, we taped these shows on Thursday. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He has not practiced in a week. He's had this injury. It kind of came later in camp. So now Sammy Watkins is your one. And Randall Cobb is your two, and, and Ray, Romeo Dobbs is, is Randall your Cobb three. is number two in 2022 is not a good or three. Like, that, maybe that, that should change right, quickly. Maybe it's Romeo Dobbs right. is your number two. Watson, we don't know if plays in this game. And the big question to me is, uh, Bakhtiari might return for this game. Elton Jenkins, who didn't heard practice, that before too. <laughs> like, might return. So either you have what I would say is the best tackle combination in the league in Bakhtiari and Jenkins, or you have neither, or maybe you have one. And oh, by the way, they're going up against Zadarius Smith and uh, Daniil Hunter. And this is a legit revenge game. Zadarius Smith was talking some real trash this week that uh, he felt the Packers did him wrong. And he even talked trash about his teammates, that when he was, like, coming off that Love back it. injury last year, that, like, no one was talking to him in the hallways. There was hallway pop. He was like, people were just putting their head down. No one was saying hi to me. Like, no one was saying how I was. It was like, when I was hurt, it was like I wasn't even part of the team. You know, the back guys... You know, they like to talk about the backs a lot, and sometimes you're just like, oh. We were in the getting our makeup, Greg, because we're asked fancy him. boys this now. is unfair. And uh, I asked our buddy David Singer, um, who works with the talent booking about his back because he has an issue. And then Steven Jackson, the great running back of the Rams, was right in between Greg and I in a chair because he's doing NFL Network stuff, and he had a major back yes, issue yeah. uh, during his NFL career. Back guys just chopping it up. Sure. Maybe, maybe sometimes, I'm not saying Singer – or Steven Jackson or these guys. Sometimes back guys are a little bit like, okay, bro, can we talk about something else other than your back injury? Maybe that's what happened here. He was a back guy. And he's not, gonna bah, 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 he's bah, not giving that like, side enough. of the story. Right. So people were right. looking down in the hallway because they were like, all right, dude, we get it. Yeah. What else is going on? I, wish, I think that's, I wish, theory. that's great detective work. I wish I had one of those pennants because to me, like Dan just won the it's what is it called? It's time to football. It award feels of the day. good to football. That was some good footballing. That was some good footballing. It's time to good football again. <laughs> yes, Justin. I'm jumping in here to lock up the Packers. Oh, oh, the Packers. Look at you. That's a good way to start. You, you know, you're not mm, just I don't trying. I think that could go south. You're not it just trying. There's singer walking in. Uh, you're not. <laughs> His ears were itching. Um, you're not just locking up a game and looking for the trophy, Gravedigger. Trying to make a statement. Sorry. You're trying to. <laughs> we're doing a show right now, Justin. Uh, right he's, here. you know, he's yeah dealing with many um, cooks back there. Uh, you're also looking to bring back the dignity to the producer chair for the pick segment. So there's a lot of pressure on you. Well, this, yes, you want this, and I understand that would be a disgrace for us, to be honest with you, if it goes behind the glass. The trophy. Has to stay. Well, do you remember how our, our mock draft went uh, back back in May? Graver did quite well. April, not well. Yeah, Packers Gra- are favored Graver in this game. By the way, so. I was wrong. I think I said earlier. Uh, I had completely forgotten. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> why? Why the Packers, Justin? 
Well, like Mark said, I think their defense is really good, and I think the Vikings could get off to a bit of a slow start under a new offensive system with a new head coach. Who knows how that's just like week one stuff. Plus, week one is always like so unpredictable and doesn't have any indication for how the rest of the season can go. The Packers so, are a great example. They lost 38-3 to or something like that to the Saints last year. When yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a disaster Why in that it, game. What is it about the Vikings? They always – I just – Love the Vikings. Like, I'm sucked in. If it was a different week and I didn't have a game that I really liked, I'd full-on go into a lock-off with you. But we're just not there. Too early in the season for that. Too early for a lock-off. Okay. Let's move on. Zeuser's up. Got to pick up the pace. Zeuser's up. Yes, you are Do we up. have to take a break? <laughs> no, we just took a break. We just took a break. Thank you. <laughs> okay, there's a lot, of good, lot going on. All right, Greg. Here, th- I think this will make you feel better. You jacked up my draft there a little bit. Okay. I was hoping that game fell to me because then I'd have a really nice balance to my week where I would have a main game in the morning to focus, a main game in the afternoon. Now I got to go in a little bit of a different direction, but it's okay. I'm prepared and I'm ready for this. Let's go to the AFC East. Let's go to the New England Patriots. Last year's uh, wild card team behind the Bills, two AFC East teams made the playoffs. They were destroyed in the postseason by the Bills as you may recall, one of the great ass whippings of all time, actually. And now here's the first game since there. Since then, without Josh McDaniels and all the hullabaloo about the new scheme they're putting in and the struggles that the Patriots had, Tom Curran likened the offense in the summer as a car with square wheels. Okay, <laughs> so again, let's see it. Now we see it. We see for real with this Patriots offense and where it's at. And they get the Dolphins. And I have, uh, with our sandwich props, I already predicted or at least put sandwiches on the line that we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater this reason, this season for performance reasons. So I'm not sold on Tua, but I reserve the right to be a dumbass and be totally wrong and see Tua with Jalen Waddle and freaking Tyreek Hill light things up. It's uh, big of you to the reserve Patriots. the right to be a dumbass. You got to. I mean, I reserve the right to be ridiculous. I reserve the right to be a dumbass. And I am on the line right now because is there a scenario where the Patriots, who is Greg, Greggy knows, and Patriots Nation, stink in South Florida, that where you could just see the Miami going up and down the field? I can see it, but I can't get behind it. But I can see it. I can see it this week. And I can see the Patriots – even in a scenario where they make the playoffs, it's hot and really humid. surprise everyone. Even in that scenario, I could see them starting one and three, or you know, two and four, and the offense gets a slow start. The Dolphins are favored by three and a half in this game, which is is pretty wild. You wouldn't have expected that when last season ended. But these two teams went about the offseason uh, with similar goals. They both wanted to install the offense that's sort of the most effective in, in, throughout the NFL right now, the Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, one of them uh, hired a guy who's spent his whole career in it, and then they got Tyree Kill, uh, and they got Moster, and they got the fastest offensive weapons in the league to make plays after the catch and the other team hired Matt Patricia you mm. know that's who they decided to install that uh offense mm. I I love what you just said because mm. oh and Devontae Parker that was their big he, addition that's I, the guy who the Dolphins didn't even yeah, want who just gave him away that's all fair but again I don't want to get tripped up on semantics here but like is it Matt Patricia installing this offense? Well, it's him well, it's, and Joe it's Judge. A committee. And, and, and Bill Belichick. But is it Bill Belichick? It's a committee no I think I, I don't think that's a big difference that's all. I I mean, Bill Belichick says it's a committee. I don't think that he that why even raise all that nonsense if it's not the case. It would be. I think people would ha- be happier if it was just Bill Belichick. I'm saying I think it is, and he's. I, I mean, it's probably got the final yes or no, but I I do think they're working together. I I'm just looking at their offense and saying, who are your weapons? Why are you a playoff team? 
I don't see it with New England. I think one of the reasons they could go down to Miami and get jobbed is because I don't think they have the hmm. strength on offense. I just don't. And I, I, I look at maybe it's fine after a month. Maybe it's going to be fine in a couple of weeks. But there has been frustration around Mac Jones in what's he had, what's he's had to deal with this summer. I just don't think it's gone smoothly. I, I think they have a shaky coaching staff in general, which has not been the case with the Patriots in the past. And I think the Dolphins. To your point, Mike McDaniel went and did exactly what Kyle Shanahan in the Niners front office did before his first season in San Francisco. Went out and got every part necessary to run his offense. It's not going to take three years to get those parts. They got them now. And, right. and you want to say that Tua has a chance? One of Tua's issues in the past couple of years was protection behind that Dolphins line. I think Teron Armstead, Connor Williams improved the situation a lot. Jalen Waddle was awesome last year. Tyreek Hill is already showing chemistry with Tua. What about the, the Patriots secondary tells you that in this game and other games like this, when there are multiple high-speed weapons, that they're going to be able to stop that? Right. There's bo- both teams. And I do want to uh, respond to something you said quickly on the, their weapons. I actually think the the weapons on the Patriots offense is like the least of their concerns almost on the whole roster. Like, I like their skill position players. I know they're not superstars, but they're better than they were last year. They're better than they were the year before with Tom Brady. They were a top 10 scoring offense a year ago with a rookie quarterback. It's the fact that they're changing everything. And Josh everyth- McDaniels, though. Right. It's the fact that they're changing everything up. I don't trust the line. I don't trust the scheme. I don't trust the cohesion. Uh, that they have to take advantage of what I think is the weakest part of the Dolphins depth chart, which right now is their cornerback situation. They don't have Byron Jones. They're starting their old first round pick, uh, Igbenogany, uh, who was a first rounder a couple of years ago, has not played well. Like normally I would say they can attack that weakness. I'm not confident where I am confident that Mike McDaniel looks at the Patriots and wh- where does that offense win? Over the middle with those crossers and those quick passes that turn into big plays. And where are the Patriots still looking like it's 2004, except they're not nearly as good at it? Slow as hell in the middle. Jawan Bentley, you got your guy Mac Wilson. He might be okay, but it's like Kyle Duggar, who's athletic but loves to bite on play action and give up big plays. Like that middle of the field, they're going to be just killing those linebackers. Can you imagine being Mike McDaniel? I mean, first of all, he seems very self-confident and he's a great coach, but your first game is Bill Belichick. I, I find that to be, like, when they've showed them at, like, owners' meetings and stuff where, like, the two of them let's spend a lot of time talking, they're an odd pairing. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be getting dinner together. or Maybe they'll be best well, friends. Not, not this week. Yeah. Patriots defense, by the way, statistically was really good. It got exposed horrifically by the Bills, but that Bills team, once they were hot at the end of the year, that was, that was pretty rough. How much does J.C. Jackson not being there change everything for New England, Greg, to you? Uh, it's very significant. Uh, at this point, I think they're going to start Jonathan Jones on the outside when he was one of the best slot guys in the league. So now you're hurting two positions. If not, I don't think we even talked about the Malcolm Butler thing that just didn't take. And then, and right. No, they're yeah. asking like Jalen Mills to do it. Jalen Mills is their top corner. Like McCordy's still there. People like Duggar and I like Duggar too, but he, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably too down on them right now, but it's, it does. It looks pretty grim. All right, let's move on. It's snakes to me, and this is where this is not really how I wanted to run this draft. Um, <laughs> uh, but things happen, and when you're doing a draft, you have to adapt. And yeah, um, I will be taking the Baltimore Ravens at New York Jets at the Meadowlands. I was hoping to grab them at the very back end, but the way things stack up, times time wise, I need to get this game. Um, Let's Did you think someone was going to grab this? No, but I'm doing it for time reasons. I do reasons. like watching okay. Lamar Jackson play oh, football. Oh, turn this up in my headphones. It's been a while. 
You know what the name of this artist is, by the way? Absolutely not. It's Prince. my favorite band name ever. From the Rights Free or whatever library. The Tinseltown Tune Stars, I believe. <laughs> Sounds made up. I mean, they probably got together for like one day, right? I mean, the, that session, though, was magical. No, there's no, no one's questioning that. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so Ravens, Jets, Lamar Jackson healthy. Ravens as a team much healthier. They make a lot of sense on paper as an AFC superpower. Um, they need things to fall into place. Lamar, all the contract talks still in the background. But guess what? Maybe it'll have like the NFL equivalent of what's happened here with Aaron Judge and the Yankees in baseball where he has an incredible season and he ends up be putting himself in an even better position to have a record-breaking contract. I could see it. Um, going on the road here against the Jets, I think the Jets will be improved this year. Uh, on defense, I believe that. I'm really excited to see Sauce Gardner at cornerback. We've talked about, Greg, their defensive line and how deep it is. They can make things happen. C.J. Mosley is still the linebacker that's making things work in the middle, and he might not be the same guy he was when he was in Baltimore, but he's a good uh, guy in the middle, a heartbeat of that defense. I like the defense, and I like the potential of it. Um, the offensive side of the ball obviously is an issue, and we learned this week – Robert Sala said, not only is Joe Flacco starting week one against the Ravens, Zach Wilson's not coming back until at least week four. And uh, I saw your tweet, Greg, and I agreed with it. I tweeted myself that I feel like the vibes are weird now. It's not a good situation now between Zach Wilson and the Jets. I feel like real doubts creeping in about how they feel about him beyond just where his knee is health-wise. Your tweet was essentially that they maybe kind of want to just start the season with Joe Flacco. It's like a soft benching, you know, to go through week three. And and I get and I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think that they've given up on him because of that, but that they're not ready right now. Like, he, I think here's the best way to put it. It would just be if it was almost any other starting quarterback in the league, would they say he's out through week three? I no. just don't think so. Right. I think they would give him every chance to play week two. Give him every chance to play week three. Hope that he gets back. But they're, they want to be really careful. And, and they know they're only going to have so many chances that they want to get him as ready for when he's going to start as humanly possible. And these first three games, oh, by the way, are, are pretty tough You know, in terms of the pass rushes they face. Ravens, Browns, Bengals. Like, let, let's let Joe Flacco take um, some heat against the I think AFC it speaks North. to their concern that they have about Wilson and his ability to play well, straight up, like to to run the offense in a professional way that allows them to take these improved pieces on that side of the ball and actually be a better offense. And by saying like we're putting them out through three weeks is like they think not only does that knee have to be 100 percent, we need him to be going through full practices. We need him to feel fully comfortable. And like you're saying, if it's Aaron Rodgers or almost anybody else, it's like as soon as he can be on the field and practicing, we want him in with with Wilson, it's more like we need to feel comfortable that he is 100% ready because otherwise we feel pretty confident we're going to be way behind the eight ball. Well, it's just it's a concern. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't let the Packers go make that announcement about him anyways. Like Zach Wilson just has no real weight or credibility. And I don't make, say that about his person, but just like inside the organization, it's this is this this, this is quietly shakier than Sam Darnold's run with the team so far. It's, it's a mess. I don't think they trust him to be confident when he's a little banged up either, which you have to do as a quarterback. And, I mean, this is a Ravens secondary that, you know, they suffered. I don't want to talk about the running backs. Their secondary was destroyed by injuries a year ago. 
no Marcus Peters. He's back. Marlon Humphrey missed the final five games, which they all lost. He's back. They signed Marcus Williams. Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator, he is, you know, he's he has Baltimore ties, but it's his first game. And I think that you said the Jets' defense will be improved. It can't be worse. They were the worst scoring defense in the league last year and the worst defense but bottom line. But they could line. be legit good. I, like, think they, it, I think you got to move them to the middle of the pack, and that's why you ri- hired Robert Sala. And we'll know in a month whether that's working or not, and I think it needs to. Otherwise, this team is in disarray. Right. I think they could be better. I think they, and I would say this with a lot of defenses because they, they, they come and go. It, they're unpredictable. I think they could have a top, you know, seven or eight defense. I think it's like Carl Lawson is a, like, I love the defensive line. The secondary is, is more of a projection, but it certainly has upside. I'm curious if they're going to like blitz that the hell out of Lamar in this game. Cause that is one question that Lamar has to answer. It's not that he struggled that much with the blitz for the rest of his career. In fact, the, the sort of the idea was you don't blitz Lamar. Cause then you leave the guys in single coverage and then he can kill you with his legs but he was awful against the blitz last year it it was a thing they never really solved it and then he got hurt and a lot of that was people around him so I'm curious to see how how aggressive they'll be and and how well they protect Blacko because that if the Ravens have a weakness on defense I think it is their pass rush it's it's a Dafe away feels like it's been that way for a couple years I don't know who like Justin Houston I I don't know so if, if you can get Flacco protected back there. You know, they think he can spin it. I'm he can't spin it. I'm excited to see. They, <laughs> here's the thing, too. Part of the reason of the week three or through week four thing with Wilson is you could tell they like that there's a grown-up running the offense. And I know if you get a pass rush on Flacco, it's a wrap. But the idea here is he isn't. By the way, I'll push back a little bit on the Darnold thing not being as bad. Darnold, at the beginning of year two, got mono right before the season started. And that was not only did it suck, it was embarrassing as hell as a fan because I, everybody just ran I wild. I hate that you have it. to, even as a Jets fan, sit around comparing mono. the two. The I mono just love thing that was that you brought up uh, Darnold, and I didn't. On Twitter, people were like, oh, now he's going to bring up Darnold again tomorrow. You this, will. It's this, just is the first, this is the first once, time in ATN history that we were comparing bad eras of the Jets, and I didn't bring up Darnold. Once, Mark did. No, but wait, but we're That's not done yet. That's because I was not allowed to do that well, a lot of times in the past because we had our, our Baker-Darnold thing, which we you know, tried to move on. That you weren't allowed. To you just I mean, didn't. I just, I, it was not. There was no and benefit. This show's not over yet because if I say something that touches a nerve with Greg, he will automatically go. But Sam Darnold was terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're, no, we still have multiple games where that could occur. <laughs> All right, let's move on. And I do. I think the Ravens are in a good spot there. But I think there are pieces for the Jets if they get proficient playoff. Uh, Quarterback play, they can make a game of that and a season of this. We shall see. It now goes back to Greg. So I'm taking the Colts and the Texans, and I know that's an unconventional pick here, but I have different priorities of what I want on Sundays in my backup game and how I plan out the week, and I don't want to hear any complaints. I do think this game is going to be closer than people expect. Absurd. Uh, Totally absurd, by the way. What? We all have our reasons. But no, no. I gave you that as my reason early in the show, why I made the pick I did. And it's like, well, it's not it's a good true. draft. It doesn't value. I, I value like my pick. backup game to be the one. Like, this is the game I'm actually going to watch the least all week long. If you would have taken Bears fourth instead of third, yeah. we would have said nothing. We're in the third in, round in, here. In, in, you did the number both three Both of pick. you have acknowledged self, through self-scouting that you both had major gaps in this draft It's a fair well. point. You know, you two I, are unbelievably <laughs> annoying to hang out with most of the time. We are. Uh, the Texans, I think, are going to thread the needle here. And that's where, you know, it's a seven-point... Uh, it's a thread-the-needle game. It's a thread-the-needle game. Uh. We, we talk about that on game day view on Fridays. It's a seven-point spread. The biggest all week. I think it ties the biggest. 
And uh, I think the Texans keep this thing close, despite the fact that they lost the two games against the Colts last year. Are you ready for this? Mm. By a combined 62-3. to three. So uh, it, in, in this way, if not any other, Matt Ryan is going to have a very difficult chance, uh, you know, time matching Carson Wentz. Like, he probably will not beat down the Texans 62-3 to three, uh, this year. And uh, I, the, what, what I saw out of Matt Ryan and their offense in the preseason got me a little concerned. I think the Texans' defense is built to make you work down the field very slowly. That's what – it's Lovey Smith. You just keep it in front of him. Make him go slow. What's the Colts defense built to do with Gus Bradley? Make him work slow. What do both these quarterbacks love to do? Go really slow. A lot of, lot of dink and dugs. Davis Mills, a lot of dink and dugs. Matt Ryan, a lot of dink and dugs. I think this could be your quickest game of the week here because of that. A oh, lot of Mark. long, yeah. slow drives. Uh-oh. Maybe not Trade. a lot of excitement, uh, but a close game in the end because of that. That, I, that leads to close games. I, I think you diagnosed that. Perfectly, because if you look at what I know, they're, they're, we want to be balanced. You know, we don't want it to be Jonathan Taylor or no one else. But Jonathan Taylor last year, a combined 47 carries for 300 plus yards and four touchdowns in his two games against the Texans against Lovey Smith's defense. So I don't see why that can't be duplicated to some degree. I, I, I do want to see what this Matt Ryan. Then they would about. not thread the needle. Yes. I mean. Well, but that, but they, that's how you hammer them. If you can tire out that defense, hammer the needle right out of the gate. That would be big for the Colts. I don't think you want to put ah! Matt Ryan in a situation where he's got to save the day on this team. It's no. not how you want to be described. Shaq Leonard might uh, play in this game, by the way. Which yeah, is so I wanted shock. to bring that up. That's, That's uh, weird. I was a little annoyed. I wrote about it in the power rankings that Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, when asked by the reporters, what's up with Shaq Leonard? He's avoiding the PUP list. Is he possibly in? And he went, ah, could see him week one. Could see him week six. What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> you son of a... How dare you, Mr. Ballard? How I dare you play va- with us that way? a answer. But don't you think we could just see him I... for like 15, 16 snaps maybe this and week? And even that would be great as right. long as he it doesn't lead to a setback. He is a monster. He is, I think, and I know he's an all-pro and all that, but I still feel like he plays definitely in the Midwest. He is uh, a cult, not one of the major mer- media markets. He is a dude that is one of the great players in the league and one of the great playmakers in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball with that famous punch out that if he stays on this trajectory, he could be a Hall of Fame level guy. Hmm, You're right. An all-time swing and hit for, if I'm going to give Ballard Heat, second round pick and became one of the great linebackers of his generation. This dude's for real. I hope he's healthy. (laughs) So you mentioned Ballard and and, um, and we heard that sound drop uh, earlier. Yeah. And What's I, your favorite type of frog? And I, I just like to think of the, the listeners who are just joining the show right. like this season or last season or even the season before. Or the season before that. And even just have no context for why that's associated with Chris Ballard. And we're not going to explain it. We can't, you you just, know why? Because I can't really even do it if I tried. It was Greg and I standing in the. It's not even try. Just yeah. go. I mean, that's just. It's, that's it. You're in the club yeah. and you're going to get the new stuff. I but, could picture where we were when it happened. But because what you what you really came away, your real impression was you cannot actually describe you to even those old it. listeners. It's hard finger. to yeah. even like use the words that I don't know if they're even there. It's like the AFC South. It's, it's much like, better to spend two minutes explaining why we can't explain it. <laughs> it's nebulous. I'm just saying welcome to the new listeners. You'll you'll catch up. You know? And we're, we're feeling good that Damian Pierce is the real dude. I yes. love I loved him in the preseason. I think that's a reason to watch this game early in the week. He, uh, he's going to be 
We're he's play like real one of the favorites he's now. He's going to be a great producer but for this team because that could make a big difference. At the running back position, we yeah. can totally believe what we saw in the summer. I mean, he looks. He quickly won the starting job. He and is it, like, insane. Marlon Mack's gone. He looks insane, but he's, it's also insane. He's like the number four favorite for offensive rookie of the year, or something crazy like that. He's ahead of Drake London. He's ahead of a lot of like top shelf players now. Damian Pierce, who he didn't. I mean, know Rex Burkhead is the guy he's now competing for snaps with. So if if he's he stays healthy, they said he's the guy. He's They'd going to be the dude. All right, let's take a break. And then we got to wrap this thing up. All right. Hey, guys. Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John. My first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. (laughs) Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> We're back. Let us finish out the draft, and it is Mark Sessler with a double pick here. All right, I'm going to go um, Saints at Falcons. All right. I'm fascinated by the Saints. Were you I, waiting for a reaction from us? It's no. Fine. Sensible Just pick. a dramatic like pause. It. Just yeah. a dramatic pause. That's how uh, radio works This in makes some sense. Cases. It's a logical landing spot in the draft for the Saints at Falcons. Yes, it is. And I, like for me, we talked about the Saints as the team where, I don't know if they won 12 games. I can logically explain why that could happen. If they win six, 
I could see why that would happen. I mean, you suddenly don't have Sean Payton, who used Jameis Winston conservatively last year, but to successful results. I think he threw the ball over 30 times once in any of the games before he got injured under Payton. Uh, Do we trust Pete Carmichael to do what Sean Payton does? Maybe they're going to do the same things, but not the same way as Sean Payton. I think it's we talk about it a lot, but I think it's undersold losing him as your head coach, what that means for this team. But last year's issues were wide receiver. They were lack of weapons. You've got Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas. I think Alvin Kamara is someone that is can, Michael Thomas playing. Well, that's they've been. There was a little hurt this week. A little weird. Like it was last week. To he's that. come back, and it sounds like he's trending towards playing, but we don't know. But as again, we this say. is like the last thing that the Saints fans I, wanted to hear about Michael Thomas after two years were ruined by injury, and now we're going into Week One, and he's limited on and practiced by a hamstring issue. It's just like, oof, is this going to happen or what? Yeah, I'm such with a, you. It's such a huge, huge part of this because we could talk up Alave all we want, and maybe he will be and really Land- Jarvis good. Jarvis Landry looked good. Uh, and supposedly you in know what Landry will be. And, but, and, but, and but the Thomas nice thing, ad. we're not in the same he's place so, we were a year ago. He's so important uh, to balance everything on that offense. We're not losing Thomas for six, seven weeks or something, though. So to answer your Pete Carmichael concerns, they, you know, they did – they looked really good in the preseason when their first team offense played. Sometimes it was Dalton. Some it's only the preseason. You know, he did run the offense in that suspension year, and they were good. You know, they were second and third in the league in points. They were second or third. In, like it, oh, the it, do your job year. The the Sean Payton yeah. is a uh, image. What was it? A banner. Yeah, it was the banner in the in the I practice facility. I saw that banner. It was yeah. a picture of Sean. Yeah. It said, "It feels good to football." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was his face looming over them as they practiced. Not subtle, Sean. So that part of it, I think they'll be. I'm a little. I'm weirdly more worried about the defense keeping up the same level. That's some North Korea stuff. A lot. Yeah, it was a little. It was like. It was like Chairman Peyton. It was also his very Russian. I think it was his face too. It was very serious. Very serious. It's like Daddy's watching. Very serious. It was a tough. It was a tough couple of years I, there for Sean Payton and the whole Saints thing. There were a lot of stories. Yeah, there was a lot going on lot at, going at that on. moment. That, if that if if they made a more realistic movie about uh, Sean Payton's yeah, with vice, not Kevin James playing, right? That Sean would Payton. be the middle where it gets really dark that he has to come back from. You know? I think that's still the lowest moment in um, entertainment industry history. The casting of that. The casting of Kevin James as Sean Payton. Uh, like I, who it, wins there? We actually had a segment where we came up with eight or nine other people that could have been him instead, and I. Get, I want to just yeah. say I was gassing up uh, Marcus Mariota a little bit uh, earlier this week, I believe. Um, I'm interested to see what version of him shows up. Uh, but I had my uh, League of Record fantasy draft yesterday. I smashed that draft button on Kyle Pitts. I can't wait to see this guy oh, in round, year two. Third round? Was fourth round? Third or fourth round. I just smashed it. It's good and value. I can't wait to see what he does in year two. If he stays healthy, this dude could be one of those guys. Sometimes in these the drafts, uh, a tight end gets hyped up as a truly special guy, and then a few years later he's bouncing around the league. We already saw in year one that this is a guy that's a potential super-duper star, so it'll be fun. I, I don't I'm like this you. matchup for the Falcons at all, though, against the Saints defense. I know you have your questions, Greg, but like the Falcons have offensive line issues, and last year they basically shut down Cordero Patterson entirely over two games. Right. It's just not a great matchup. Like Marcus Davenport has been a little bit of a mystery they're very thin, the Saints, at thin, at defensive tackle. Uh, they're not sure who's behind Davenport. If they're the Saints' defense of last year, they will crush this offensive line. But I'd be a little concerned about a little Arthur Smith trickery week one. I just feel like Arthur Artie. Smith. Hey, Artie. What Did do you got, Grave Digger? 
Hello, heroes. Nick Wessling here. Oh, wow. Ooh. The brothers are back for another year of loss, and this time we're taking the trophy. For week one, we're going down to Atlanta to watch the Saints and the Falcons. The Falcons could be a little feisty this year with some young talent combined with some veterans on offense, but there'll be no match for the Saints. Chris Olave bursts onto the scene in his uh, NFL Olave, debut, goes for nine receptions, 110 uh, yards, and a touchdown, and the Saints roll. Lock it up. I was like... You know, the, the Wesleyans are not taking the Bengals week one, where they had a pretty good you know, choice on the board. That was weird. But they're all Ohio State um, Yeah, homers. they love that they stuff. Love they are all Olave. the way in on Actually, that. Actually, it's kind of the Ohio State Saints. You got the Michael Thomas. You got a, you got a few, few of them. You know, I'm so excited about the Wesleyan brothers being back in the lock competition. Um, they had a great performance last year. They really came on strong as well. And, and I don't want to step on this, but there is a – a new wrestling brother entering the mix from what I hear who didn't have an opportunity to be in the mix last year. Okay. Excited I'll just leave for that. It there. I'll just leave it there. I, I Can I just counter all of that? Yes. Um, hefty praise on, on one level. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, as an organization, they, they, I like their confidence. I think they probably spent an off season kind of realigning how they're right. going to operate, but there was um, really disruptive infighting that I thought that's a good caused, point. Well, that caused was, so many issues. And point. that's why I saw so many headlines in the area newspapers, the Cincinnati zoo. Yeah. That's the way they described the Wesling brothers and the infighting and the theatrics that went on, but they were productive. They were productive. They, they reminded me a themselves. little bit of like the Rob Chudzinski, Michael Lombardi Browns. It was just like a lot of well, worrying, that was, that, that was a not lot a of successful. worrying factions. Well, that group didn't come back for a second <laughs> yeah. year, so that would be one distinct So another difference. season of the Cincinnati Zoo. Can't wait. The Saints locked up with a lobby having a big day. All right, uh, Mark, snakes to you. Let's wrap this thing up. Well, I can't believe this is still sitting here. I'm going to be watching this out of the corner of my eye no matter what. Browns at Panthers. Do you oh, yeah. think that's an accident, Mark? This is a very... We're it, trying to set up the best show possible. We want, we're we, want, trying, we want to hear Mark. We're trying to help you. This. We know this is an absolutely emotional situation for you. The Browns, in my life, I'm 42 years old. I have never known anyone in my entire life that loved a sports team as much as you love the Browns. And now we're in a situation where you will be watching the Browns and hypothetically or potentially or certainly rooting against them? How how can we even know, Mark? How can you know hmm. until that game is on whether you'll be rooting against the Browns or have the other way, not even against or for, no emotional tie? My theory is that you can't turn it off. That's just a theory, and that's not trying to be disrespectful to you. I don't think it's possible, and the first test is going to be Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, CBS. I do not. I don't tend to think that I feel great antagonism towards the team at this point or the players. Like in terms of watching the game, I, I know this is hard for you to digest because we've discussed this. You before. can't turn off a waterfall, but the but but an asteroid can land on a waterfall and turn it into like a calm lake. <laughs> That's sort of where I'm at. Like I don't, I there is no waterfall. The at this dinosaurs point. were just killed. I don't, yeah. I don't know where this yeah, analogy is going. I, no, I just, it. I, I kind of feel like, in a way, passionless towards Cleveland. But it's also point. Baker Mayfield. I know. I think that I, adds I think, a lot because that was your guy. Well, let me put it Bernie this way: Kosar, he's your guy. Next week, whoever the Browns play next week, I really feel like almost no attachment at this point. It's been a long off season, and I'm trying to tell you in many different ways that that, that you know well what i'm saying to you respectfully is you won't know you. until
the Browns with that and that building going nuts and the, they're trying to Carolina. win football games. It's in Carolina, yeah. Not just this week, but going forward, will you actually feel nothing? That's fair, but I think there is um, there is some projection going on there because you're thinking how you would respond if it were the Jets. For, I think on some level, I have spent months and months kind of just being like, I'm good with this. There are way bigger things happening in life than che- uh, cheering well, on a football. One team. thing that I think helps the Browns, and it certainly would help you um, in terms of having some connection is Deshaun Watson's not on the field. I I think that's significant. I actually think that's been overlooked, the football aspect of it. The second that suspension went down and Jacoby Brissett took over their situation, everyone in terms of their interaction with the media, whether it was Kevin Stefanski or Brissett or the players, it's like everyone got to move forward. This horrible black cloud of like the shame that their organization, they don't see it this way, but like the, the weight that they've had to carry in a way because they made this insane decision to take on Deshaun Watson and give him that contract before all this happened, at least for now, it's kind of like gone away and they're just a football team again, which I think is useful. Now I know they're going against Baker Mayfield, but I think the things that they could be good at as a football team have a chance to come out. I've been so down on the Browns here. I do want to just say like the Browns defense does have a chance to be special. I mean, they, they're, edge rushers against this Panthers offensive line could be a problem for the Panthers. JOK, you know, Awuso Koromoa, I love him. And then you love that secondary, I know. Like Greg Newsome, Denzel Ward. I mean, there are a lot of problems for Baker Mayfield like, on that, and they know Baker their Mayfield. Their secondary is two first-round picks, two second-round picks, who have all played pretty well, or or the rookies, and John Johnson, who was their huge free agency pickup. Like, that's their secondary. So they have a chance to give Baker Mayfield a lot of problems. What, what do we not like beyond their passing game? Uh, their offensive line, I don't think, special anymore. Um, I don't like their defensive line. I think you can run on this I team. think the defense has to show it, too. Yeah. Like, defensive tackle. Like, the defense is more in theory than in practice because they weren't special last year. Uh, I but think, I think on paper, they look pretty good. I think good. Jake Brisket could take them out of games, potentially, but I'll, I'll say it one I more under- time. I think this is a team that's going to be competitive, even with Bre- uh, Brissett. I don't understand Brissett. how Brissett fits in this system because – the defining aspect to Jacoby Brissett, other than being a great dude, is he is the slowest quarterback, I I think, in the NFL. And by slow, I don't just mean he moves slow, which that's true, too. But, like, he just holds it. His I, Like, I think he's smart. Everyone knows that. It, maybe he's just cautious. But his time to throw in terms of holding, like, he holds the ball forever, and then he throws it short. And that is the opposite of what like Kevin Stefanski wants. So I sort of don't understand how he fits in. A, maybe that helps improve like his weaknesses. Maybe Stefanski does that. But that's the opposite of what Jacoby well, Brissett has been. He's been a hold it forever and then maybe make a play. They eventually. didn't have a lot of options at quarterback, and they didn't. They chose not to go after Jimmy. My point G. is, he could be a bad version of Jacoby Brissett, even. And whether he says it or not, or whether he said it or not. Um, Baker does want to mess up the Browns. And well, that he is has, a delicious that is a delicious subplot he here. He has merch. Of course he does. He had merch ready to go off the leash. He actually made uh in his not only did he promote the off the leash um you know t-shirts very aggressively uh and his you know press conference last week. He came back and he and he wanted to give a, a special shout out for just what a great job his social media <laughs> team has done selling the it's off part the, of the leash. Thing. Sure, sure. So so no, I mean of course um there's this game is just like any other. All right. Greg. 
All right, let's take Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh. It's ridiculous. This is still on the board. I apologize to the uh, the fans of the Bengals. It's just circumstantial in some some ways. Uh, we love your team. We're very interested in this matchup particularly. Um, and I, I'm also interested to see if the Bengals' defense, which was a top five defense in terms of the way they played in the playoffs, that was the biggest difference between the Bengals in the regular season and the playoffs, was their defense suddenly played like a top five defense. Is that repeatable? Um, because I think they can get after Mitchell Trubisky, but if they can't, this group of skill position players in Pittsburgh is one of the only ones that you could even compare to the Cincinnati Group. I know we're projecting with George Pickens and we're projecting a comeback by Claypool, but Fryer Moose going to get better. Najee Harris going to be better. We know who Deontay Johnson is. Like, you better get after Mitchell Trubisky, or I think this team could be problematic and there could be a lot of points in this game. I, I think that everyone just assumes because it's the Steelers that their defense is excellent and it's just not the case. Um, Cincinnati matched up really well with Pittsburgh last year 24 to 10, and then they dropped a 41 to 10 bomb on them. And I, I look at Cincinnati's skill position players and say, I'm with you on the Steelers. I think there's promise there. And I think Trubisky, you know, That's why I kind of like well points in, in this game. I think it'll be a little more offensive. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, if the, if the Bengals, who have been, I think, overlooked as much as any AFC Super Bowl team in a long, long time, um, you're talking about Pittsburgh's weapons. Cincinnati is the quarterback. And I, I just trust Burrow. You bring in all the same people back. I don't know if the offensive line additions were A-plus additions. Uh, I think they obviously shored up what was the massive weakness in Achilles' heel a year ago. One thing, though, if you remember that during that playoffs, when every team knew that they had offensive line issues, the coaching staff seemed unable to make any adjustments. I I just want to see that happen this year. Even Mm -hmm. if you found out the guys you plugged in, like they're still going to take a little bit of time to get together. You know, that's important. And and that was the one coaching weakness from a year ago. But your defense brings everyone back, essentially. Burrow's got to protect himself a little better, too. I think he knows that. He does, but I think it's going to be a better situation for him. But That defense was lights out mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs and through most of the Super Bowl. And they, they were helped out with injuries in the wide receiver group for the Rams, but and they let down, of course, at the very end. But that was a big reason, uh, more than the offense, that they were able to go on that run. And I think you talked about it with um, the Chargers, Mark. I think with the Bengals, this is a very important week one game. Hmm. Yeah, you're, I agree. You're in your building. You're against a Pittsburgh team that's in transition. If you want people to respect you as like a true superpower and not just a Cinderella team, go kick the Steelers' ass. Kick right. their ass. If you don't want to feel like it's every do other it. year in the AFC North, if they lost this game, right, and the Ravens do their thing against the, like suddenly it's like, oh, no. Right, and it doesn't mean that the Cincinnati stubs their toe here. It doesn't mean that I don't believe her or people should be jumping off the sh- ship here, but it's just like – Go take care of business. You, you're the better team. You're the more prepared team right now. The way things are set up, win the damn and thing. And you should be able to take advantage of the worst position group in the entire game, which is Pittsburgh's offensive line. All right. right. Now, it's time to close the draft. And um, I think we got two more. Yeah. We, yep. yeah. We're closing the draft, though, here with uh, Jaguars at Washington. Um, how did this – how is this still here? <laughs> you kid, right? Yes, I think you do. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I, actually, I like it. I'm, like, I'm be, looking forward I, to keeping an eye on it. Jacksonville is uh, intriguing. So I'm intriguing. For I'm all in, the reasons that we I'm talked intriguing. about, there's juice. <laughs> there's juice here. I, I've already I've shared it on this show and on power rankings that they're kind of my Cincinnati pick to come out of the bottom of the power rankings and be a frisky team and potentially even compete in the AFC South. Could it end with them having the number one overall pick for the third year? 
No, actually, that cannot happen. It will not happen unless they could be disaster. playing that team. Yeah, unless disaster strikes with Trevor Lawrence on a physical level. I think they're going to be better with a more professional head coach and staff uh, with Doug Peterson. And there is major upside for Jacksonville. They could go in Washington, and I know Washington's not a big time team, but they could go to Washington and score a bunch of points and kind of make a statement that the. Jaguars as a joke is over. We're frisky, and immediately people will be talking about them as soon as week two. Or they could be sloppy and uninspired and stink. And, <laughs> and you know, Carson Wentz throws for 100. As we all know, decided to really yeah. go ahead and uh, start to take command. Carson Wentz throws for 189 yards and is sloppy most of the game and then throws a touchdown late to Terry McLaurin for a 17 17- 15 win and we're like oh everything is the same both with Washington and Jacksonville so I'm excited to see the real Jags the Jags that the Jacksonville fans in Duval and ownership wants to see step up and I think we will I think Jaguars are gonna have a good week and people are gonna be talking about him on Monday this was my hardest game I think to to pick I went back and forth. I ended up with the Commanders. I don't know why. I just like hmm. had this image of them annoyingly winning this game and annoying me um, because it's a better story if it's Jaguars. But then I thought about how they do have continuity, Washington. This is the third year for this coaching staff. I think it's a professional coaching staff. There's a lot of continuity in terms of scheme and the players that are there. And you look at their players, and it's not it's not terrible. Uh, I, I do think the Jaguars' offensive line is underrated, and I think Washington is going to miss Chase Young, and they're a little thin at the edge position. And if you give Trevor Lawrence a little bit of time, I think I think he could cook, and I think you could see some points in this game, and, and, they, and they prove me wrong and win it. I do worry about the – there is this sort of large assumption that Trevor Lawrence is now going to be awesome just because of Doug Peterson. I mean, he threw 17 interceptions last year. He, he, I don't he, think it's because of Doug Peterson. Well, but, but I, I mean, think that the, helps. I, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a I'm lot of tra- stop, Angelo. There, <laughs> well, hopefully, not, you know, it'll be better than that situation. Uh, do we? There's a lot of revenge games this week. What about Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson? I hate revenge games. I think most of them mean nothing at all. Yeah. At this point, like Carson Wentz has eight other people to be more annoyed with than Doug Peterson. I mean, they did a lot of good things together. I, I don't hate, like, the offense mm, in but Washington. They did, I can't believe I, I sort of forgot about that. But they did have a thing. I, I think that's, I think there's a little revenge here. I think there's well, a little it, Doug revenge. Peterson's last season, absolutely. Yeah. When that's, where that, uh, that's, this, whole, that's where that whole thing came from. He, so. That was the first coach to get completely disillusioned with uh, Carson Wentz. There's I'm been a so few since. What? I'm a lot so of mad. commanders in Washington, D.C., in the Pentagon. A few no. days ago, okay. I, I said that I had a major Pentagon take that I was going to share on the Thursday show. Yeah. But when we were texting the three of us about that, Daddy had a couple Tito's in him, and now the Pentagon take is gone. Well, it was a you, major you take. Re, you can't recall. It was a major take well, on that, that five-sided fortress in D.C. Was it positive or negative? I don't know. Well, I he, think it was going to cause uh, some uh, ripples. I'm not I a scientist, gonna, yeah. but I think if you have Tito's again, yeah, then the take will come Yeah, it'll come yeah. back. All right, let's it's, go. Let's find some. All right. Uh, I will. If it comes to me, I will share it this episode or in the future. It's a major. It was definitely take. positive because that's sort of you in a nutshell. It's like right. I trust our government. Like right. I trust our soldiers. I trust our soldiers very nice, but it's like oh, yeah, I trust no, our military. Yeah, I tr- you know? I'm like you. Um, I don't trust the soldiers, but I do no, I trust do the tr- government I, as a no. Okay. No, I yeah. don't. Nice try there, but I do think <laughs> that is a five-sided fortress, <laughs> impenetrable. All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's close with Giants and Titans at Nissan Stadium. Gravedigger, I know you're disappointed, but not surprised. This game didn't get drafted, but 
maybe, just maybe, Justin, and we're going to ask you to track this game for us uh, for the flagship show and report back. The Titans show up, ball out at home, and tell people, hey, give us some respect. I think that Mike Rabel is one of the most underrated coaches in the entire league. Oh, okay. All right, Mark. <laughs> That's not me interrupting or jumping in. That's literally Justin pressing a button. Yes, well, I do think Mike Rabel is one of the most underrated coaches in the entire league. But the Titans were terribly unprepared in week one last year, and they got their butts kicked oh, by the Cardinals. Right. I feel like maybe that informs how they get ready and prepare for this week, and I do think the Titans should win at home against the Giants. But we don't know. What are the Giants going to look like? Brian Dayball, who knows? It's all unknown. Hmm. Yeah. That's, right. that's this would have been a good lock. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised the number is at five and a half there. I think that's that in makes the lock sense. Zone. Uh, it's not they, too late. You could jump over to it. Man, the Justin. giant, the Giants' defense, I think, is so bad. Uh, I, I think it might be one of the worst defenses in the league. Aziz Ojolari and our friend Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, he's my friend. You guys seem to have a weird thing with him. I that, think that it's I a missed. friendship that there was a slight misstep, but it doesn't mean okay. that We're working through the door's it. closed. A little, right. He's banged up. Maybe yeah. those two guys will play. And uh, he, like, quite literally said he's not your friend. So, like, you asked him <laughs> if you could point. be friends. That's a great point. Um, you got me. I, I think the Titans def- – I just feel like this is a veteran team that uh, knows how little uh, respect they're getting. And there's every reason to believe they are well ahead in their, like, building process in terms of Vrabel being around for five or six years. And I just like their talent better. Like, defensively, I have – I think they're going to – swallow up the Giants. I am worried uh, for Daniel It would Jones. be an absolute disaster if they do not beat the New York Giants. This is one of those lines. It, it's you know it's still pretty high. It's almost like they want you to take the Giants, and I bet a lot of people are, and I still I wouldn't. I actually think the Titans could just romp in this game. That's what I Only think. winning records for Mikey. Okay. We're not – this may not be the – I don't need w- an AI. <laughs> this may not be the week that this becomes a problem, but I, I – yeah, we don't need more like, voices from Greg popping. No, we, we got it covered with Greggy, the real Greggy, right here. Don't you, Justin? <laughs> are you not concerned about their wide receiver group for Ryan Tannehill and, and the experience in general on that offense? There is a reason to think they'll be just vastly less effective. I I agree. There's reason to think that, but I'm actually not that concerned. I think Robert Woods has shown no signs of being slowed down by coming back from the ACL injury. He's a pro. He knows this offense. It's the same offense that Matt Lafleur installed after he came over from the Rams. He's a bro who's a pro, and that's us. Yeah. Yeah. Week one preview in the book. Super size. They won't always be this sizey, but listen, we're all excited. There's a lot to talk about. And um, we'll be typically this long. Not typically, but it's fun. It's great. Football's back tonight. Rams, Bills. And just as a reminder, we'll be at the game. And then tomorrow morning, the Friday Fun Show premieres. We'll have the recap of TNF and then some final thoughts as we go into uh, the weekend. And we got, ooh, we have a special guest before we say goodbye. Is that true? We do. That is true. It's my favorite part of the show coming up right now. Before we say goodbye, let's welcome in a very special guest. She's actually a a housemate of mine right now. Yes. Staying with me and Emily and the boys and uh, one of our favorite people in the world. Lakeisha Wessling. What's up? Welcome Thanks back to LA. Me. I know it feels so good to be back. Now, I don't know if we've actually spoken about it, but on the show, but you are back in St. Louis mm-hmm. and uh, that's been a great thing and you've been close to family mm-hmm. and 
you had been itching to get back to L.A. And, of course, as the Rams fan that you are, yes. here we are for Rams-Bills tonight, and you'll be there. That's My awesome. mom's decked out in Rams. Lincoln's decked out in Rams. Like, there you go. It's, it's a thing. The, I mean, Lincoln. the last time you were here, uh, at SoFi at least, the confetti was coming down. It was the Can't West that. Bowl. Don't and make me cry. And that's why yeah. those people that picked against the Rams tonight, I, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Uh, this could all be proven totally erroneous by the time people hear this, and then I'll just look like an idiot, but I don't care. That's the magic of Lakeisha J- Jackson wrestling. No, when I walk in there, it's just going to be like, <laughs> man take me back that was yeah. just crazy i still can't believe like last season like what the heck how is everything else lakeisha it's good um single mom you know taking care of the toddler just busy like no other he's growing so fast and that just boy. like his personality he looks completely <laughs> like boy. cuter and cuter but he is like twice the size does oh. is he aware of like with the rams thing is it like legit his favorite team and he's tracking this Mm, not even close. Okay. Not I even was going to say that would he's be not quite level two, is he? No, no yeah. he's, he's two. two. I mean, yeah, yeah he's past he's two. two. No, I was he, telling, yeah, that's right. He's a solid brick. Yeah, well, yeah. I, that's going to say. I was yeah. telling Dan last night, like he looks like Wes so much because I forget like how stocky Wes was right. before he was diagnosed with <laughs> cancer, and it's just like I see this little toddler walking around the house, and he's got these big calf muscles and thighs and it's just like he's got my biceps and it's just like if he has a tank top on he's He's just walking around he's a young is what he is a little Debo he's like a fire hydrant put him there on the end at tight end he's like he's like 18 to 24 months away from just hammering us all in cornhole I mean I I can't wait he's on the arc I can't wait to see what sports he's going to be playing like uh, but yes, it's great. We're going to uh, obviously hang out today and at the game, and then we're going to have a, a get-together, a pre-season get-together, and it's yeah. just great to all be back together. We wish Wes yeah. was with us, of course, uh, but as long as you're with us and Link is here with us, Wes is with us. So here in the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, love having you here, Keish, always. Love you guys so just much. Just like the the room, any room Keisha walks into just feels like it's immediately lighter oh. and happier. And it <laughs> I is, don't know about this morning. It is a beautiful, a beautiful I, way I walked to in my bedroom up. and there she was sitting with a cup of coffee and it was like <laughs> What's the up, temperature Dan? changed in the room. <laughs> Where are you staying in Dan's house? There's multiple areas you could be. Put, She's got put a nice little house. setup right. downstairs. Mm-hmm. I like nice that. Oh, yeah. Setup. Downstairs area is nice. I got it's it good. set up for you. Oh yeah, it's perfect. This Lit is a candle time. for us. Yes, nice. mm. the time of year we should all be together, and uh, it's a time of year we definitely are thinking about Wes even more with, with football starting. Um, I, I don't know. I love. I love. I love how we have him as part of us inside the studio with his name on it, and it's just like it, it's never ending. Every time sure. you guys mention it, it just touches, warms my heart. Love you, Keish. All right. Love you, the audience. Thank you for most of you beginning the journey with us on another season, our 10th with Around the NFL. Remember, Friday Fun Show tomorrow, live, stream, or pod. Go get it. And remember, like Wes said, heed the call.
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant based creamers coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.